And what's happening, everyone? It's Kev for the Magpie 24-7 podcast. Hope you're all good. And, yeah, it's the first podcast of the season. I know it's a second game, but I'll touch on it later in the podcast as to why. It's good to, ha- it's good to have you back, Paul, back to, back, back to what feels like normal. People back in grounds, back on the podcast and stuff. Um, but And Newcastle fucking your day up. Yeah, I was about to say, there's one thing that feels the same, and that's very much... A Newcastle United defeat under Steve Bruce Lafarchik. Very much tacticless, boring pile of shit, really. Um, as we'll lose 2 0 Aston Villa. Two games played, two defeats, 19th in the Premier League, and a minus, uh, I think it's a minus four goal difference. Um, we've conceded six in two games to two mid table sides, so yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. Ten percent of our goals that we conceded all of last season have been conceded in the opening two games. Uh, after Steve Bruce comes out and says, "How many charges of the defence?" Absolute <laughs> fucking clown, mate. And uh, just, just, just like a clown, a clown needs a circus. And the club at the moment, mate, is like the circus, just travelling from town to town and town with joke performance after calamity after fuck up. You just need literally the buckets full of uh, paper. Um, and stuff, and uh, a unicycle, and the job would be complete. It's just, uh, or it's just literally so so good. But I can't help but feel a great sense of deja vu in recording this particular podcast uh, after recent seasons down at Villa Park, mate. It feels identical, didn't it? I mean, I remember Tuesday night. Um, I think I remember Tuesday that one as well. Mid table. Um, obviously, I went down with. NFTV a couple of years ago and recording that video, I did a similar video yesterday and it just felt exactly the same kind of performance. Went down there, very little plan. The Villa fans chanted, Brucey, what's the score it were? Um, we played shit. We didn't have anything for it and Bruce ruled the lack of luck that we had. The but cabbage derby, mate. The cabbage derby. For, for a manager... Of twenty years, twenty plus years of experience. Nine hundred games. I've never over nine hundred games. I've never known a manager to try to blame luck or go after the word luck as much as Steve Brewster's. It's actually baffling to me, like how luck is a massive part of the bloke's game plan every single week. It's yeah, it's actually mate, it's actually mental. Sometimes luck comes through for him and we'll play shit and we'll get a result, but more often than not, mate, we'll get exposed and we're getting more and more exposed. I mean, you make your own luck, mate. You, you make it all look, and, and, and this is what's really starting to uh, piss... Well, not starting to piss me off, because I was already pissed off, but you know a new season, you think fresh starts. We had a decent run towards the end of last season. Uh, we've yeah. made a, a good signing in Joe Willick, and I know you can argue that the squad's no stronger than what it was. In fact, it's probably weaker than last season. But, oh my word, uh, I'm sick and tired about and banging about look already. As I said, you make your own look, and you I do. just feel... At the moment, that he's 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 missing the bigger picture. Yes, we've had four very dodgy VAR decisions over two games, uh, and there's no doubt that that's had a bearing on the game. But where Steve Bruce coming out straight away commenting about Jamal Lascelles' inability to play the ball out and just constantly slicing the ball out? Where is uh, the debate about Jacob Murphy giving away uh, needless free kicks and the the, yeah. the you know, the defensive position, playing players out of position, how lethargic and uninterested the team, uh, you know, looks. Uh, the lack of goal uh, threat, one shot on target, where, where's the talk about that? 
where's the debate about Sean Longstaff and where that play has gone to and how he seems to be getting bruised and be getting worse all the time. There's other issues, mate, which are glaringly obvious to me, you and everybody else. And you'd think a manager with 900 games experience in his belt would be able to to see that. Where, where's Where's the... Um, criticism of the players just going down the tunnel after the game, the majority of the players going down the tunnel after the game, not applauding the fantastic away support. You know what I mean? Where's the where where is Steve Bruce with regards to knocking down doors and strengthening the team? The the, the team yesterday missed John Joe Shelby, were, were, and I, I shouldn't be saying that. You know, the, the core of the team is still the same team. That it was from, from the championship. Where is the the debate and the talk about chronic lack of investment uh, in the first team? Why are we still relying on John Joe Shelby? Why do we pick up so many injuries? Um, these are things that I want to hear our manager talk about. Um, I don't want to hear what it is like in the average day for Steve Bruce. Quite frankly, I couldn't give a flying fuck. I couldn't give a shit whether he's got um, bacon for, for for breakfast. I couldn't give a damn, uh, you know, if he's having apple pie in the evening. I don't care if he's walking into work. What I want him to do is to manage this group. Because I still think, mate, it, on paper and looking at the squad, we've got the core of a very, very decent side. And I think a good manager will be able to get 10 or 20%, 30% more out of these players. I think he is draining the life force out of them. Yeah, yeah. And they are probably 20 to 30% under what they are capable of, of being, you know, being able to do. And it is frustrating yeah. the life force out of me. Look, you make your own look. Yes, the V it doesn't excuse the VR. It doesn't do, uh, excuse the lack of a red card for that absolute disgusting challenge by the by the Villa keeper. But let's be 100% real. Aston Villa, despite missing several of the first team players, never got out of second gear, but looked a million miles more motivated and determined and organized and all that sort of thing and they deserved the three points we have got at the moment what well we've got what we deserve and that is absolutely fuck all Nothing. and uh, the the only light relief from the entire situation at the moment mate is is i mean i've just put a um, a bit of a funny post up about arsenal saying you know oh, come on well welcome to the club come and sit next to come us join us because we're, we're, because it's either it's either Newcastle or Arsenal for banter club of of the of the season, um, but yeah, so much for an easier start and a, and a more difficult finish, mate. Because the the club's just in an absolute and utter disgraceful mess of their own making, hundred percent of their own making. Because yesterday, I can forgive anything, mate, but I want to see a shift getting put in, and I want to see a little bit of pride in the shirt, and I, I don't think we're that we're doing that at the moment to be honest nah mate I don't think well I think it's a complete not a waste of time the way <laughs> like, to be honest sometimes I feel it feels like a waste of time doing this podcast because like I feel like we're repeating the same stuff every week and it's like the worst thing is I feel like I, was, I said that at least to you at least two three four times last season where it was like we're saying the same stuff even off camera it's like I don't know where we're kind of where what we can kind of say that's different, like what's gonna, what's gonna like make people like listen, kind of thing, and it's kind of we're saying the same stuff every single week, and it's like and we it's, want to be positive, mate. That's the exactly. thing. You don't want to be negative. We want the best for our club, but you know we're talking about glaring, obvious issues at the club, and like like I said, he bangs on about this experience that he's got and at, at the clubs and stuff. 
Uh, and despite being in the twilight of his career, if you listen to the BBC Radio Newcastle uh, interview, um, yeah, it, it is. I mean, people took the piss. People took the piss out of Joe Kinnear. You tell me how this man, this bumbling idiot, this buffoon in charge of, of uh, the operations at the club is any different to him because he was a bumbling idiot and a fool and an embarrassment. Uh, and, and, and so is Steve Bruce. So yeah. is Steve Bruce. And, uh, you know, I must admit, I, I thought yesterday, I know uh, it was obviously, it was my stepson's um, leaving uh, duties, going to the army shortly. Yeah. Um, I, I still had, you know, uh, Jeff Sullivan, I still looked at the match back. I thought we started quite uh, reasonable. Um, obviously, Callum Wilson had that huge chance in the first half. He did, um, right. As, as, as soon as that went by, and we didn't really cause lots of problems, but we were okay, we were neat, we were tidy, we were moving it around a little bit. As soon as that went, the players had looked devoid of confidence. There's no inspiration from the bench. We don't ever change shape, philosophy. And I look at Newcastle at the moment, mate, and it is it, again, it's very similar to Arsenal. Where, where, where is the plan? Are we signing under-24 players? Is that what we're looking for? Is the club for sale? Is it not for sale? Is there somebody else? The club never speaks. We don't know about its philosophy. So that it that leads to speculation and it leads to a, a, a volume. Toxicity, yeah. Yeah, and toxicity. The, the likes, I mean, look at the Grealish situation. If that happened at Newcastle, if Alan St. Maximum was sold, he would be sold and Steve Bruce would get the brunt of it from the journalists. At Aston Villa, when they sold a key player, they didn't want to sell him, but they were like, look, there was this clause but we already had a plan in place on which we've activated really, really quickly and we've brought in X, Y and Z, which we hope is going to improve the squad. We are going to look at some younger players as well to try and reinvest some of that money. And it was explained to the fan base. And that, to me, is good common sense uh, leadership. It's good uh, management. And it makes it, it, it feel unified. And the thing is, some people have said to me, it can't be unified while you've got Bruce. Well, I don't want to uh, straight away first podcast really of, of the season, and I'll mention Rafa. But when Rafa was here, it was still under um, the current ownership. But the man united the city, the fan base, the club all together. He put that's one thing he did well. He put yeah, he, he did so well. And people will say it's Rafa and he's, it's his politics and he plays it really, really well. Well, I'm all for that. Because there was at least some positivity. You looked at the at the bench, and there was always there a was plan. Something. There was always a way to get to get results out. I look now, mate, and the the club is in an absolute clusterfuck of a position because uh, we're, we're two games in, and it's already the best you can hope for, mate, is a relegation battle. To win a relegation battle yet again, and it's just like it it's, gonna, it's, 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 it's just it's just not good enough for Newcastle United in my book. I think I think the words clusterfuck does come to mind, mate. And you, mm-hmm. you, you are you completely bang on because, like, I was speaking to the True Faith lads last week uh, in a podcast that I did uh, for a season preview, and the, I was I, 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 like, I, I tried to explain to them what I'll what I'll try and emphasise on now that you mentioned there, Steve Bruce in his twilight uh, before, like almost in in his heyday, and like this is the best Steve Bruce can do. Like look all look over his career, mate. Look from when he started his managerial career at, at Huddersfield and Sheffield United. Aye, I remember in, it. Tw- in twenty twenty five years as a manager, he has never, never ever took a team forward. He's never took a team forward, mate. He's 
he's made the move sideways with investment, or or he's completely fell off fell off the bus and been sacked. The best Steve Bruce can do is keep us standing still, and from a results perspective, uh, with forty odd points in each of the two seasons, he's full seasons he's had as Newcastle United manager, he's managed to keep us still. But what you've got to realise is we've stood still because there's been investment in the team. Obviously, this summer's been really frustrating, but Steve Bruce has had over has had yeah. nearer there about two hundred to two hundred and twenty million pound. Rafa didn't get anywhere near that. Um and he had to sell the buy as well, whereas Bruce doesn't. You don't the thing is that with the amount of quality free transfers there is, it still perplexes me over the Jeffrey Williams situation. We're struggling at fullback, and he seems determined to be able to play this free at the back and wing back system, despite the fact which isn't working. It's it's not working, and you've not got a plan B. But you've got Jeffrey Williams who would who would walk over hot coals, I believe, in order to play for the club again, who's available on a free transfer, and you just blatantly, despite saving over two hundred thousand pound a week on wages, even deduct Joe Willock's wages off that. It still leaves a lot of money spare yeah, in, in, the, in the wage budget. It doesn't have to be run like a pound shop. You don't have to have that basic mentality. There is good quality free transfers out there. Uh, there is some cracking loan players already available who could walk into Newcastle's first team. But he just he belittles every situation. He talks about waiting until the last day or two to pick up the scraps from, from, from the table, like with some sort of rodent or insect. Uh, scrambling across the floor, some sort of it doesn't dog. motivate you. It doesn't. He can't. You cannot be motivated by that. The only player that he sticks his neck out for on a consistent basis is Joe Linton. Um, but then he say, then he says things like, "Well, he's he's not a central striker. He's more of a he's, not, he's more of a player that needs to play off somebody." And then what does he do in in in, in game management? He'll bring him on for Callum Wilson. And he'll leave to Ike on the bench. Oh my, you've just said he's not a striker, he's not a focal point striker. And then in your very next match, you're bringing him on as a focal point striker. It makes no sense. He also said he's 24 and 25 in the same sentence, mate. So that's what you get with Steve Bruce, a bit of brain dead activity. I'm sick of him talking. And the thing is, even last season, me and you've said on this podcast, mate, he's not good enough. He's the best what we've got available on the bench, but he's not okay, good enough. Yeah. And there's so many players made who are past their who are past their best before date. And and I I, I don't knock the service that a, a Dwight Gill's done or a John Joe Shelby's done, but on the same hand, mate, investments needed basically. Investment has been needed since this is season five. Yet we're already four points behind Brentford, who are in their first ever season. It's no disrespect to Brentford, mate, but. The name, the brand, the club, the support, the stadium, Newcastle United shouldn't be mixing and rumbling it up and looking up and thinking, shit, Brentford have already got a four-point head start on us. We've got a difficult uh, running at the end of the season. Oh, shit. You know, I'm sick and tired of Mike Ashley and Lee Charnley and Steve Bruce, it seems, playing roulette with the football club. It needs... It's total gamble, man. It's, it needs to stop because I just don't see... I mean, I've, we've got the probably the, the world's most boring cup match coming up with regards to Burnley at home. Sean Dyche versus Steve Bruce is hardly the, the clash of the Galacticos. We've got two sides shot of confidence, uh, two very, very laboured 
boring, not much, not much on uh, excitement there on 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 show. And we've got flair players if they decide to turn it on, but under Bruce, they, they they're, not, they're not doing a great deal of that. And then if you lose that game, mate, that's your that's your one hope of a a cup, if you would like, gone. Yeah, exactly. So then you've got a relegation battle between now and the end of the season, and you've got a powder keg situation coming up against Southampton, who we said off camera before we came on today looked resilient. They looked like they were, they were fighting, they were up, up for it. Fight. They will be yeah. no mugs for those people no. who said, "Well, we've got West Ham and Villa and Southampton. Well, we might have nine points." At the moment, we don't look capable uh, of, of beating anybody. But that's nine because points are a cheese now. <laughs> yeah, the, the, looking looking at the lads, they don't look. And this is the biggest right. problem. If we'd have gone down swinging yesterday, mate, and if, if we'd have tried the substitutions, if we'd have tried the tactical changes, and we'd, we'd lost, and we'd lost because of a couple of dodgy VAR decisions again, then you can say, look, Bruce has got some justification. But the top bottom of it is, mate, where was the, the fight, the heart, yeah. the determination, the changes that, that we needed? There was nothing. The players looked defeated. As soon as we went behind, it was like, well, meh. And we can't we can't be meh. And, and and it wasn't until we went 2-0 down that we had a little bit of a go at it. But let's look at the home game made against West Ham. You, you got 65 minutes on the clock, right? And for the last, what, nearly half an hour, we didn't lay a glove. And the concerning thing is for me, mate, we are not working the opposition goalkeeper well, at all. And it's like, and, and that is that should be for a person with 900 games experience. We're not scoring goals, we're shipping them. That exactly. is the well, for relegation. That, well, that's it, mate. Like it's not like we're versing big teams either. Like and, and like, I know we get called I know we get caught like we get told we expect Champions League, we expect this, we expect us Newcastle fans, all right. No respect Aston Villa and West Ham, but a team of Newcastle's size should be expecting at least a win out of one of them two games. That, to me, for a team that's looking to strive to hit mid-table in the Premier League, shouldn't be too much to ask. Yet we've been bossed and outplayed by both of them. And we've got Southampton coming up in the league. We've got Man United coming up as well after that. So, so like, if we get beat off Southampton and we lose three games from three, we're not going to beat Man United, mate. Not a fucking chance. Like, not a fucking chance. No, no chance it could be a great that game. Like, Man United could be could well beat us by five or six. I'm not even joking. Like, I'm shitting myself waiting to play them at Old Trafford. Like, if we get tickets and go, great, nice away day, but we're not going <laughs> to... We're not going to lay a glove on them, mate. We can't even touch Aston Villa. Mate, West Ham blew off the park without, yeah. without Lingard, the best player from last season. It, it could even really. be they beat us fair and square, West Ham, right? I'll hold my hands up. Even when we were winning at half-time, I said to you at half-time, how the fuck? How the fuck are we winning yeah, this game? We're lucky to be one We're lucky one. shit. And when I said, if it if we continue to rely on luck, it won't hold out. We'll end up losing the game. And and that we did. And, and yes, it, it was four, mate, but it could have been six or seven. It really, it really, really could have been. How many times that down to Steve Bruce? So, mate, lucky yeah. to not concede six or seven a game. It's just, and he's the one working on the defence. It's absolutely insane. Like, the starting team, I can't argue with the starting team, but what I will argue with is the is the, the formation. 
the the structure. It's just not there. You can tell Steve Bruce is working on the defence because we're open. Plans to eradicate the problems in the defence weren't fixed at West Ham and the same problems that Villa exploited were fought were there again. Get Murphy out of position, which is easy. You just get one, two around him, pulls the centre-back out of position, then you've got a free wing. No problem in behind. And they did that time and time and time again. I mean, the one chance we did have in the first half, mate, was through Callum Wilson, which I thought he was offside when it first happened, and I thought that just kind of stopped. But I kind of looked at it in half interest in any way because of VAR and stuff. You don't really look at them chances anymore. It's kind of, is he offside if he scores? Oh, well. But, like, for me, Callum Wilson, you bet your house on to score that type yeah, of chance. You would, you would, and yeah. Let's be honest, like, in, terms of, in terms of like, the chances we've looked at over the years, when Callum Wilson has had a one-on-one, he's had, I think that's the first one he's missed in a Newcastle shirt. As disappointing as it is, he won't miss the next one he gets. So for me, it's kind of a let him off kind of thing. I realise there'll be a couple, there'll be a couple listening now going, well, if it was fucking Joel and, and you'd be putting his head on a pike, you're probably right. I would put his head on a pike because how many times has Joel Linton had a one-on-one since? But, you know, but you, yeah, exactly. You, you know, you know. The thing is with Joel Linton, if you if you're playing Spurs. Brilliant. He loves to play against Spurs. Yeah. But like the thing is, you know, with Callum Wilson in the next match, um, he will get an opportunity and he will score. You know, he's, he's if he stays fit, he's going to score somewhere between 10 and 15 goals easily, I think. Um, so he, th- there's no issues and no problems there. But we're going into a season, mate, and and th- this is this is the clusterfuck of a situation that we're in. There's players who haven't had enough minutes. Uh, so that's down to injury management, uh, poor choices, Russian players playing them in games they don't need to, um, this, that, and you have a whole range of, of, of different uh, reasons. Uh, when you're back training, not having games at the same time, it, it's it's just an absolute, again, mess and an embarrassment that, you know, I, I just thought, again, in the match, after about 20 minutes when I watched it back, we looked unfit. And it's like, you can tell the players who haven't had the minutes pre-season, but it, it's it's like what what are you doing in training to be able to re- to rectify this? This yeah. is so embarrassing because, like I touched on before, I still maintain there's a good core of a there of is. a team there, but it's it's formations. I mean, look at Miggy, right? When Miggy came, he first came into that team. He was played as a part of a three up top. And he looked different gravy. When he goes and plays internationally, he plays as a 10. He looks different gravy. Then he comes back to Newcastle. And in Bruce's warped mind, remember, he doesn't do tactics or anything. He's putting him as a, like a, a, a central midfielder. And he's justifying it on, on radio. Saying he can play along. He can play alongside. Well, no, he can't. Stop reinventing, stop reinventing the wheel. You wouldn't ask a giraffe to go swimming in the sea. You wouldn't ask uh, a fish to go climbing up a tree and eat the leaves in in, in the tree. Stop <laughs> being fucking. Uh, you, you're like it's like dementia or something that it's you can see. Yeah, and, and you're like surely to God, one of your coaches who you say you trust really well um, has to say something. We need to play square pegs in square holes. Miggy Almiron is not a deep-lying uh, playmaker. He's not going to be able to do that. We can't have Alan St. Maximum picking the ball off our defenders within two yards and having to take on everybody and do a classic hat and Ben Arthur against Bolton to be able to knock knock the ball in the net. We need him. Yeah. yeah, 
So it, it, we, we can't keep relying on wonder goals, uh, St. Maximum Magic and, and the likes. We need to really nail down the position and look at we each game individually and, and, and tailor and nurture the formation to suit the opposition because all that's happening is when people are playing Newcastle, we're going, I'll tell you what we're going to do, lads. We're going to get tricky players in and we're going to play, like you said, behind Murphy, behind Richie, because they are midfielders playing as wing-backs and they are pretty bad going back. Uh, but Newcastle need to look at maybe utilising Isaac Hayden to cover in the, the two different gaps because the, 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 at times against, say, West Ham, you had Hayden as your most fervent forward midfielder and even at one point in the game, when I watched it back, I saw Isaac Hayden going over to Bruce in the second half and saying, what the fuck is going on? I haven't got a clue. What are you asking me to do? What do you want to do? You're making a lot of uh, noise, a lot of hell air. What are you wanting me to do? Isaac Hayden can't pass a ball forward. He struggles passing the ball sideways. But what he is, is big and brave. He'll put his body on the line. And he'll win a tackle. Yeah. yeah. And he'll win, he'll win a tackle. So put him put him down at, at the base of the midfield. Have him drop in. So if, if, if uh, Murphy's bombing on, uh, to get across him, which he's fantastic at doing. That's his real, real strength. Have Isaac Hayden fill in on that side so we're not getting done like a kipper. Don't leave Murphy one-on-one because, again, we saw, especially in our new seats in the Gallagher, they were just literally playing triangles around him. It was embarrassing, but again, you're looking from the bench. I'm looking for a bit of leadership, a bit of guidance, a bit of help, and I'm not seeing anything. And it's left to Jacob Murphy to sort out it was left to Isaac Hayden to sort out. It was left to Matt Ritchie to sort out. And they're not sorting it out. So no. it, it's, it's, it's so, Again, so, mate, so it's like, the same shit constantly. It, it is. I mean, there's so much to dissect with what you said. I mean, like you mentioned the fitness about five, two, three, yeah. four minutes ago. 20 minutes is and all they've got. The thing is, though, mate, like you can't even blame pre-season because we were having this exact same discussion in February of this year when we were talking about how how unfit we looked after 50-60 minutes when we played Leeds, or how unfit we looked after 50-60 minutes against Wolves. But we're not because even getting 50-60 now, mate. Like, 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 today, the way football is, and like how it's all athletic, like, the players have to be top, top of the range athletically, and we're talking about it's a genuine discussion among Newcastle fans. How many tra- times do we train a week? How many times does Steve Bruce take this team to training? That's a genuine discussion in 2021. Like, that in itself is an utter embarrassment of football in terms of like today's standards because every team trains four or five times a week. We're, and we're talking about do they even train? Do we even look able to train or we're fit enough to train? So like, you can hide behind pre-season or hide behind COVID all he wants. But at the end of the day, mate, like, this has been going on for since he came in. Like, but but then it, it's 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 crazy because then he comes out with, oh, we've only got twenty five players, so we've pretty much got to stick with what we've got, which is which must give uh, Ashley an absolute major stiff because we don't need to spend any money. It's all right, but the thing is, he never thinks outside of the box because he's he's on about registering four players, mate. Right, four players to cover one job, a job of a goalkeeper. Yeah. You've got Woodman, you've got Gillespie, you've got Dubravka and Dallow. You only need three keepers, and I would argue you need your youth keepers then after that. If you get through your first three keepers, you are really unlucky. We can't afford four uh, places out of the 25-man squad for that one position. And I, I, I just feel 
that um, we need every outfield player that we can get. This is the man that thinks we've got enough strike uh, power and enough cover for when Callum mm -hmm. Wilson gets his inevitable injury, for when Alan Maxwell gets his inevitable injury, like they do season in, season out. Um, and it, it, again, it, it's just a, a bafflement because you'd see that and think, right, the players are struggling with the fitness. I need more options from the bench. I need different things. So, right, I don't really trust Sean Longstaff. I don't rate him or whatever. Swap him then. Get somebody in who, who you do trust and who you do rate. Um, and if you're looking at it, right, I need another striker. I wouldn't trust Steve Bruce with that, mate. The last time we trusted him for midfield was Jeff fucking Hendrick. Oh, I know. That's another one. I mean, he didn't want Willock. He wanted Chowdhury. Yeah. I, I says... Honestly, if, you, if you're struggling for squad places, there is some absolute right chafe there. And what we're talking about, well, we're, we're open to offers. Nobody's going to offer money for Jeff Hendrick. Are you off your tits? The only two people... We have to pay them. The only two, I have to bite myself, like, literally hard to remember <laughs> the fact that didn't he go for £10 million once? He went for major money once, but the only two managers who seem to rate him are going to be meeting on Tuesday night. <laughs> Sean Dyche and Steve Bruce literally if you're looking at it thinking I'm struggling for places I'd look at him and say right you're not worth a place I can't justify using a place it's common sense mate you don't use four players to cover goalkeeping you say to one of Darlow or Dubravka look Darlow you've been injured now for the best part of eight nine months you've lost several stone in weight I'm going to allow you till January to get yourself sorted, get your fitness back. I'm not any pressure on getting you back. I want you to get your health better. I want you to get fit in yourself. I want you to beat COVID. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll sort it in January. We can't afford for you to be injured between now and whenever, November, this November, December time, using up a valuable place. If Dubravka's back in um, possibly a month, month and a half, um, right, you're, you're the one who's going to be able to get fitter First, so I'm gonna have Dubravka, Gillespie, and Woodman. Those are gonna be my three. I've got youth keepers there, and I can address this situation again in January to see if Darlow's coming. Because there's no guarantees with this COVID stuff that 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 he that he will. And I'm worrying that if we get another outbreak again, we need options. Where's our midfield options, mate? What have we got in central midfield? John Joe Shelby, Willick, Hayden. That's a lot. Now, John Joel will be injured uh, for ages. Hayden likes to pick up an injury as, as well. It puts a lot of pressure onto Joe Willick. And I still think he needs somebody to compliment him. An athletic, powerful, so, you know, type player in there, a real warrior who can who, who can do a lot of the a lot of the, the you know the, the donkey work for him. Yeah. We don't have enough options in there. And and this madman is on about limiting the options. By using up a space for another goalkeeper, we don't need two injured goalkeepers registered. We need another midfielder, mate, yeah. to be honest. Pick one midfielder striker. Pick one and then bring in a midfielder, bring in a striker. Swap. Can we uh, send Jeff Hendrick out on loan? Because he's going to offer us nothing. Let's face it, nothing at all. Can we get a loan move sorted for him? Can we do something on it? Then can we bring in somebody else? We've got two loans that we're able to make. Um, you know, you've got a Ross Barkley. Why? Why do? Why would we need to wait till the end, till the last uh, three or four days of the the window to know that Ross Barkley doesn't have a future at Chelsea? He hasn't got a squad number. He's not involved in any of the squads. He's not going to be registered. So make a move now because if you wait, 
you've played another game or two, and that's more potential missed points. Every game is precious to try and win the points. If we don't get the points, we are caught to go down. And it, it's so frustrating that this man with 900 games can't see the absolute fucking obvious. Yeah. It just literally boils my piss. He's the it, definition yeah. of an oxygen thief with regards to management. But he's in the same basket for me now as you're joking here. He's a joke appointment. He's a yeah. joke. And it's a joke that we don't even know when, when, when it'll end, mate. I thought it was going to be this was the last season of Bruce. No. He's got a rolling contract. Which tit give him that? The same tit who just had a, a 300% pay rise. Give me fucking strength at Newcastle, it, man. Honestly, it, 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 it is, mate. Like, we're, we're half an hour in, and yet again, we're, we're like not not speaking about the match. Again, it's oh, just like... Because there's no football. To talk about. There isn't. There's no football. It's anti-football. It's football terrorism, almost. It's absolutely mm. shit, man. Like... I'd love to come on here and be able to talk about how well we played or how good certain players have been or, or like in individual performances of brilliance. And even then, it was only a handful of times last season we could even do that. And it's like, I just want to be able to watch Newcastle play well. And how many times under Steve Bruce since he was appointed have we had good performances, mate? Can you, you can count it on one hand. It's probably yeah. two or three. It's That's like... It's absolutely shambolic, mate. And it's just like, the thing is, we can talk talk about Bruce out and put in a catchy title or whatever we could do. But, like, there's no point because we could lose the next five games comfortably and he'd still be in a job, mate. Yeah. We could lose the next ten games comfortably, be rooted at the fucking table, and he'd still be in a job. Like, that, to me, is, is, is borderline. It's just shocking. Like... I was speaking to Alex Hurst last week, and he spoke to Lee Charnley in the past because he's ahead of the trust. He was head of the trust and stuff. Yeah. And Lee Charnley, like from what Alex was saying to me, Lee Charnley is happy with where we are as a club. They're happy with Steve Bruce because we we're picking, we're, we're staying in the Premier League. Um, we're not going over this we season. A couple of decent season. results in a season, and and the books are all right. And it's just like, like do you wake up in the morning and just see like? And you see, happy with the way this club's run because if Lee Charney wakes up in the morning, finishes work of an item, and thinks he's thinks Newcastle are genuinely well run, he needs he, he needs shot. He needs <laughs> help. He, he does. I, I I just can't comprehend a man who thinks Newcastle United is well run. It's absolutely insane to me. Yeah. Just like these pundits, like. These these football football pundits will call them like Simon Jordan and people like that who back Steve Bruce every week when he starts to get a little bit of criticism. It's just it's just awful. Well, they'll, they'll be straight out, mate. Honestly, they'll be like rats up a fucking drain pipe. As soon as we do get a win, no matter how we get that win, and this is the thing, it doesn't matter whether it comes off Joe Linton's arse in the ninety fifth minute, whether there's been ten disallowed goals by the opposition. However, that victory comes, they will get out their wank sock. And that will be it. It'll be like a scene of American Pie with Jim and Dad <laughs> in the kitchen with the fucking, uh, you know, the fucking pie, man. You know exactly what's going on. It's just vile. Meanwhile, all reasonable Newcastle supporters, the actual pain punters who watch this shit week in and week out, and I'm not on about uh, Jim and his fucking apple pie. <laughs> we actually watch the football on the park week in, week out, and we can see the absolute piles of shit 
that uh, you that, that is going on at the club. We can see the problems. We can see uh, the worries. We are emotionally connected to, to, to the club. We don't want to be negative. We would much rather be positive. I think about our best podcasts that always are the positive ones after the good yeah. results. Well, they that's are it, too far, too far, like stretched out. It, it, it really, really is. And if, like I said, if the Southampton and the and this uh, Burnley game coming up don't go well for Newcastle, well, not we, are absolutely, we are right on the wall. And at any other club, I mean, last season, what was it, 12 games we weren't without a win? And um, at any other football club in the Premier League, he would be out of the top. Mate. Two wins yeah. in 24 Two games. That, that it, for it any shot. club in the country, it, it's, it's a We're supposed offense, to be Premier League. And I, I put down, I, I did a, I did a quick, uh, a quick thought type video um, on the other one, and I put jumpers for goalposts because that's what it looks like. It doesn't look as if there's any sort of tactics and planning. It just looks as if it is jumpers for goalposts. And uh, you know, I've seen people jump on Woodman's back. It's not Woodman. Course, if you no. are going to invite no. crosses in, mate, the way that West Ham were absolutely, we were there, right? We were down in 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 the in the, in the corner, right? And West Ham were pumping crosses in all day long. And there wasn't anything done by the coaches to stop that situation. And and the thing is, if you keep inviting it on, I don't care whether it's Manchester United, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's Manchester City, or whether it's Brentford or anybody else, or Norwich. If you keep inviting the, inviting the trouble on, mate, eventually trouble will find you. I just think that we we running a severe risk of running out of luck as a football club. Time and time and time again, we've spun the, the roulette wheel, and I just think this potentially could be our luck uh, up because it's 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 just getting worse. And 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 as people have touched upon on social media, if you look at it, yes, we've signed Joe Willick. That's a fantastic piece of business. Well done, well done, fantastic brownie points there. But we are we are still weaker than last than last year. We've got Andy Carroll, and I've said I've heard people say, "Well, Andy Carroll didn't do anything for us. We've got rid of him. It's it's, it's nothing." Yes. Well, if Andy Carroll was nothing, right? Why did we sign him in the first fucking place? Why did we waste wages on him in the first place? If he's an, if he's just a nothing, a he should be replaced. He should be replaced. It 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 just it it beggars. Belief. If you if you take one argument, then you go another level down. We'll just say, well, well, why? What? Why is that? You know, if we signed Andy Carroll in the first place, um, he needs he needs replacing. It's as it's as simple as that. Uh, and you know, the club needs to come out and speak with the fans and say what the transfer priorities is and how the club are operating. Yeah, if we like, I say, if we, if we go back to under twenty fours, if there's any chance of a takeover this season. The fans need to be kept in the in the loop, and I'm sorry, but, but the don't, and, and it should be setting the alarm bell. It should be setting the alarm bells off. I know what the Premier League is trying to focus over. I agree with what Steve Bruce is saying, totally. But I just think there's other issues that the club aren't speaking about, or Steve Bruce isn't speaking about, that do need to be tackled. Jamal Lascelles, why do you consistently 47 minutes? Why? Do you just love to slice the ball out? Why are we having 11 men, 11 men back in the box and still there's somebody there with all the freedom of Birmingham to score the goal? 
Why isn't? Why aren't that's you worried it. about that? Why? Why well, are you worried about well, that? that? Well, that's it. Defensive Forget side. Forget about the, it. The defensive side that Steve Bruce has been dealing with. Aston Villa get a throw and goes into the box, headed out poorly, um, and then it ends up with the feet. End up, it's a great finish by Danny Ings. I'm not you taking anything away. Fantastic yeah. finish by Danny Ings, but Cher gives him space, and as you say, it's the freedom of Birmingham, his own postcode, and the whole team's in the box, mate, but fair enough, if you say that's a one-time thing. Happened to Villa last year, mate. I think it was um, El Ghazi or Trezeguet scored against Villa last season, and yet again, the whole defence was in the box. All 11 players, all of them. And it's just like it's a case of Newcastle United aren't learning lessons because we've got Steve Bruce in charge. We're never ever going to learn but anything under, under this manager. But what can we do? Because they're not going to sack them. If they were no. going to sack them, they would have sacked them at various points last season. They were, we're going to have to be bottomed by some distance at Christmas for the club to make a move. And it's to say, is it damage limitations? you want to like get Maybe relegated for a manager? You've got Eddie Howe for free. He knows half the bloody squad. Frank Lampard for before. And I'm saying, the thing is, if you've got Steve Bruce, you could well be relegated. Roll the dice. You like to gamble, Mike Ashley. You like to gamble with the club lead, Charlie. Well, have a gamble. Take a gamble. Take a punt on somebody being able to come in and actually coach the players to be better and actually pick up on the faults. And again, not want to bang on about Rafa Benitez, but he used to, you would see him. We followed the team up and down the country. He would micromanage, even if we just scored a goal. He'd be like, "Look, you need to do this better. You need what have I been going on about?" And he he would pick out, like the fact about the space in between, uh, you know, in between the the fullbacks. He would have a plan. He would micromanage it. But the, yeah. the thing is, there's no even management at the moment. Never mind micromanagement. It's just at that detail, mess at this it's point. It's just absolute. Like you come back to it, clusterfuck. The club is a clusterfuck. We've got players. I, I wouldn't say they're over the hill, but they've got a fucking cracking view of the valley. And I just think you're looking at, at, at you're looking at some of these lads, and it's like it's just devoid. It's it's it, it's emptier than an empty cup sitting on your desk it is it is that level of the, the lights are on but nobody's home and you've got it's got to be a conveyor belt it's got to be a process of continuously buying and selling and trading players and bringing in younger players and investing in the academy and bringing up and cherry picking one or one or two we can't even do that. Elliot Anderson's uh, missing an action with an unspecified injury. We don't know when Elliot Anderson's going to be back. There's no seemingly plan for uh, White, who has impressed me over pre-season, mate. He's got a wicket left foot. Engine puts himself about. I, I like a lot uh, of the look. Surprisingly not on the bench at the weekend. Yeah. What, why not incorporate some of these younger players and give them a chance and not an opportunity? Look, we're 2-0 down, 5-10 minutes left. Put them on, experience what it's like, experience the pain, the hardship. Who knows? But I just think this game made there was an acceptance. Oh, we're happy. We're happy just to leave with two 0 well, How many times did you say that last season, mate? Exactly. You literally, literally, the quotation you used last season. Exactly. The quotation you used a few times last season was, "We can lose, but not by too many." That's literally what it was. Yeah. And like, obviously, we can touch on. Bruce's get out clause for the week, which is the VAR. But yeah, VAR. But Villa's penalty, after looking at it back, was a penalty. Even though David Coote, in terms of refereeing performance uh, the other day, was nothing short 
of absolutely fucking useless. Um, the amount of decisions. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I'm calling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice <laughs> I was just about to say, just arrive with a certain thing, but um, yeah, it, it, absolutely embarrassing, mate. And like this, like the the handball, I can understand, right? But the one thing I can't and won't understand is the offside decision. Um, basically, Martinez kicks. L- I think I've seen a similar kick. I've seen like Shinsuke Nakamura and Sheamus yeah, or Shawn Michaels, like, channeling me in a WWE. I've seen. I've seen kicks similar to that in WWE. And um I Fabin Martinez levels Wilson with this kick. And instead of sending him off, which it was a red card offense, don't care if it was offset or not, he should be sent off for that. Um they go to VR, apparently they're gonna favour the strikers this this year. Favour them. Yes, favour. Like, favour. We're in line and like the the thing that's been compared to this season is Man United against um mm. against Leeds last week. And it was very similar, very tight. Man, you get one, we do not. And it's just like, is it what... Oh, Callum Wilson needs to say 16 shows. The thing is, I, we need to question the consistency of the of VAR because you kind of have one thing, that you kind of have two of the exact same thing and one go one way and one go another. It's just not... Good. It was supposed to eradicate this, mate. Technology was supposed to eradicate this particular problem. Um, and I, as soon as I saw lines being drawn from arms, from feet, you're looking at the pictures that have been provided, and it looks like he's got literally he's in elephant feet. He's, his feet like literally like size 16 plus um, uh, feet, and the other players are all nice. And it, it's just... You can see by the line, it's the player at the far side that is playing on Callum Wilson. It's not yeah. offside. So much for the lines are supposed to be uh, bigger than this, that, and the other. I understand Bruce's frustrations over this. I personally think with the Lascelles handball, yeah, it probably was, but it's soft at best. Um, Where is he yeah. supposed to put his hands when when he's jumping? Uh, it is a major to me. If you if you move your hand to where the ball's going. Deliberately, it, it should be a penalty. It, it, it should it should get you into bother. But there's far too much stupidity over that particular rule. Needs some common sense applying to it. And as for the offside, it was perfectly onside. I didn't need a replay when I saw it back straight away. It was like it's it's perfectly onside. He's yeah, timed brilliantly, and, and, and still give it against. You want goals? That sh- that should be the product that you're trying to sell the Premier League to the world is on goals on scoring goals. It's not uh, having a, um, a close-up of uh, David Cunt uh, looking at a fucking monitor constantly. Um, mm. It was absolutely criminal, but I will stress, it wasn't the reason that we lost this football match. We lost the football no. match because we were shit defensively and we didn't give a fuck. The no, team didn't give much. a fuck. I mean, in terms of performances, I think... I think Woodman's getting a lot of un- unneeded criticism. To be fair, mate, I think Woodman looks all right. I know he's conceded six and two games, but the defence has been pretty thick, pretty shit. So for me, I think Woodman has done all right. Is he good enough to be a first-team Premier League goalkeeper? I think in a season or two, maybe. But sure, he looks comfortable uh, in possession. He looks like he can control his area very well. So definitely one for the future. I know we've said in the past we'll get rid of him, but I'll get rid of Darlow personally because I think Woodman is a better goalkeeper than Darlow. 
Mm. Um, I know Mick, Mick Laws was saying the same. He said, look, uh, potential-wise, um, if you're looking at um, all of the goalkeepers, Woodman will be a better keeper than even Dubravka in a couple okay. of years' times. And that is, that is a compliment. And he's seen good goalkeepers. He's seen your Shea Givens. He's seen your Pavs. Uh, it got even your Shaq Hazelops, your Tim Crowe. We've even seen glimpses now, mate, where he's had one-on-one yeah. -on -one situations and he's knew exactly where to be. Maybe 23-24, but very experienced head on the shoulders. Like, yeah. So they need to consider Freddie Woodman. They can't not consider Freddie Woodman. Um, so for me, he's earned a, a little bit of respect in terms of credibility because I think he could do a very similar job to what Darlow did at the front end of last season for us. Um just obviously Dubravka's a, a high-end level goalkeeper and there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, in terms of VAR, though, mate, it's... It, like, obviously, no. I, Just switch it off. Switch it I think I'm a bit switched off because I'm on about like, standing, standout players. Um, I, feel, I thought Willock played well. He made, he made two really good chances. He obviously played the ball over to Wilson for the missed chance. And same yeah. again for the, for the penalty. That wasn't a penalty, apparently. But... Um, in terms of that, mate, a lot of shocking performances. Need to start questioning Murphy. Like I know he scored last week, but Murphy is a right wing back, is not a right wing back. If he's a right wing back, I'm an astronaut. Uh, Matt Ritchie, I think we need to start questioning him a little bit. I know he works hard and I know he tries, but positionally, left wing back, mate, he's absolutely terrible at the minute. Yeah, he's a I, I think the goals at West Ham last we week. And he's still started. Last season, when there was no fans in the in the ground, I think we benefited from the leadership of a Matt Ritchie out there on the park. But I think with the fans being back, that should be motivation enough. They shouldn't need a cheerleader to... to um, Get them going. To, yeah, to G them up and, and to get them going. We've got Jamal Lewis, who sat on the bench, who's not done much for us, not been given many opportunities. Uh, and I, I would still say that Javier Manquillo, a more specialised right-sided, def more defensive player. And to be fair, even with Manquillo... We've said before, when he gets forward, he can put in a decent cross. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from uh, Jacob Murphy because I think he's been our best player of pre-season, uh, pre certainly. But, again, unless you're going to play somebody like Hayden who's going to look back and think the ball's coming over to this side and see that Jacob Murphy's uh, further up, I want to I want to fill in for him. I want to fill in and do that defensive side of the work. Um, unless you're going to get somebody like that, who's going to go from side to side and just fill the gaps up on either side, it isn't going to work because if John Joe Shelby's at the pivot, he's not going to do that. He's not got the mobility. Joe no. Willick is thinking, I want to get forward. I want to make them late, late runs. He's not going to fill it. very well. So you've only got, I would say, Isaac Hayden, uh, who could offer you that in, in the squad at the moment. Jeff Hendrick, for those of you saying, well, Jeff, Hendrick, Jeff Hendrick shouldn't be handing out water bottles. <laughs> he's literally so he kind of hand out passes can he he's flipping shit yeah exactly so uh, it, to, to me the only option we've got if you want to stick with a three at the back with the two wing backs is to put one of them in I don't think ML Craft is the answer as well for anybody suggesting that what about Jamal Lewis so Paul because like there's got to be an argument made for Lewis because he'd be perfect for the wing back role if we can oh, tap into his potential but so far it's been nothing more than a boost project yeah, uh, and again, I mean, I saw him. At, I think it was against Rotherham, and defensively, he again got done like a kipper on on umpteen different uh, occasions. Yeah. But he is the player that the club has invested in heavily. T 
to be the answer going forward long term. But again, I would say, look, if he's not going to get in the team regular with the money that we're paying him and the transfer fee that we dished out, extend his contract by a year and send him out to loan to learn his trade a little bit more, get that first team football, bring a Jeffro Williams in. Matt Ritchie wants to be away. He wants to be back down to Bournemouth. If he does so, with the greatest of respect and thanks for his fantastic service, um, it's not because we're sat behind the corner flags these days. It's not any of that. But if he doesn't want yeah. to be there, then let him move on. Bring in a Jeffro Williams. He's available for nothing. He's got the experience. He can hit the ground running. Uh, and people are saying about um, visas and stuff. There's ways and means around it. If you really want to do the deal, a deal can can definitely, definitely be done. Of course it can, so, though, mate, but yeah. the club really don't want to do it. I think outside the box a little... I'm not asking for... I'm not asking Newcastle to go out and... I mean, Spurs today being linked with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, of all things. I'm not asking for stupid signings. Nobody's asking the club to go out and, and compete to sign a Messi. Nobody's even going out for Newcastle to sign the likes of a Tammy Abraham. What we're asking for is just some, a little bit of common sense and a squad fit for purpose and it is showing signs of progression. So a Jeffro Williams coming in as your new left wing back solves your problem defensively because he's a unit and get can get back. And yeah. look at the Liverpool situation, I think it was Man City as well. He can get forward and score a goal. Yeah. Common sense. But nobody's got it at Newcastle. That's that's the problem, though, isn't it, mate? Graham Jones is the only one that seems like there's half a light twitched on. The rest of the coaching team are thick as fuck. <laughs> Evidently, looking at the team that we've got, but like to to wrap up, mate. Like, I I just don't know where we go as a club from here. Do we just kind of zombie walk through the season? Do we start picking up results? Like, in terms of a solution, like the only solution I can really think of is. Newcastle getting this takeover and the problem is mate like how many more times are we going to say this, se- this season because even when we win games it just feels like a plaster's going over the crack for a, re- for a week and then yep. it'll just be peeled off again when we lose a game when we feel negative about the situation so I just don't know I'm it's numb like with almost mate it's a miserable time being a fan miserable it's like getting a house and like and find it's, it's got cracks on the walls and then we'll, we'll stick a bit of anaglyptor over the top, a bit of wood chip, and nobody will be any of the wiser. We, we can't keep constantly looking for the temporary uh, solution. Uh, we are desperate for a takeover. Um, yeah, and no. there is there is rumours that, I mean, uh, Pete from Sky Sports News put something out there, people have jumped on it, but I think you are literally trying to grasp for like an ant's knob I really do, because um, Ashley doesn't give a fuck. Ashley doesn't seem in any great uh, hurry. Ashley doesn't seem to see the problem. He is winding down his business at Empire. He's ready to hand it over. Um, He's ready to uh, piss off to Miami. That's his retirement plan. And uh, we don't figure. He's put the keys in an envelope, and he really doesn't give a shit who runs the club. And... um, yeah, that that's that's the, the status quo. But that's that's the answer. We we need we need a takeover, and we need competent leadership and competent uh, management. I've seen people talking about a USA consortium led by potentially somebody like Richard Scudamore uh, getting into bed with Amanda Staveley. 
uh, and getting into bed with the Rubens potentially and making up a new one, getting rid of the, the, the Saudi PIF side of it. I've seen all sorts of things. But again, this is why the club, I know there's confidentiality, but it's our club and you are the custodians. You need to communicate with the fan base, fan base and let us know what is happening at our football club. Because at the, the moment, moment the it, 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 is, it, is, it is like a house on fire and you're just constantly going up and firefighting in one area and then firefighting in the other. And the house, in the meantime, is still burning down. And um, it, it's, just, it's, it it's just so, so low. I don't know what the answer, the answer is because we need to take over. It, we it need, is, but, but, like, but who's got £300 million made to give to give to him? If he cared about the football club like he says that he does, I want the best for Newcastle. You don't. You want the best for your bank balance and you want the best for your retirement. You're not interested yeah. in running Newcastle United no, as a business or a football club. Shocking. No, he's not. It's in, It's just it, it's just where the sufferers of it made. Like yeah. For us as the fans, all the way, everybody listening, everybody on Twitter, everybody, everybody who supports Newcastle United suffer as a result of it because we're the ones that are questioning whether it's worth going, going to have season tickets question whether it's worth supporting the club anymore I mean even yeah just thank, thank you Premier League thank you Premier League for saving us I, I was just thinking after the last game thank you my heart we goes out masters, we would be in such a worse state now oh. I mean you know yeah. I mean, it, it makes yeah. us sick mate it really does it's thank embarrassing you, Master. I, yeah. I really but, appreciate but, you many first. thanks to the Premier League really appreciate it but uh, yeah in terms of the football mate I I don't really think there's much else. I'm I'm struggling. No. Like I just feel I, I just feel like honestly we could re-release this podcast about twenty-five times this season and Probably. people and like people could say could pass it off as yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you could, I mean? The only thing, mate, we can do to, to, to finish off today is to say that I wasn't impressed by the lads after the finished, after that pitiful, pathetic limp. Half-hearted performance to just to, to, to scramble down into the tunnel with this literally um, the most pathetic thank you to a fantastic loud travelling support. It's it's not on. Joel it came down and, and and passed his shirt on and stuff. One or two did, but the majority mate were too embarrassed and just pissed off down the tunnel. Well, I'm sorry if you're going to put a lacklustre performance in for those fans. At least have the balls. To be able to face the away because they've travelled down first away day, first proper away yeah. day after COVID and that as well. Disgusting, severe, severe amount of disrespect in it. Yeah. But yeah, for me, in terms of football, I can't think of anything else, mate. But to wrap up the podcast, um, obviously we didn't have the first podcast last week. Paul kind of did a review, and it's just for those that didn't catch me a uh, review from yesterday because I mentioned it there. Basically, uh, out of death in the family last week. And uh, it was me, my dad-in-law, my stepdad. And he was a massive fan of Newcastle and stuff. And it was uh, and to lose him a couple of days before the start of the season. It was particularly tough. I went to the game. Me and Paul went to the game, watched, watched the match and stuff, West Ham. But I just didn't feel up to it because I, I wanted Newcastle to beat West Ham for, for Martin. And it, it kind of didn't. And I just felt proper shit at the end of the day. Like, I know like, a lot of you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it and stuff just... That day, man, I just, I just could not be harassed. I, usually, I walk with Paul to the to Central Station and see him off uh, to 
they see him off on his way to back, back down to Barnsley, but I just wanted to get home and get out of the way that day. So just could not uh, be in that. Yeah, we thought we, so thought we thought we thought he was going to be doing it, didn't we? For like we thought that the lads were going to be doing it in in his honour, and there was I think a lot of emotion and passion. Uh, we, we sang. I think my voice was had gone for days. I did a view from the van a couple of days afterwards. My voice still wasn't right. Um, and they couldn't say to get the result out. Um, yeah. It was it it was particularly raw for you, and it's been difficult, hasn't it? It's been a d- yeah, difficult it's, time, it, mate. It, it hasn't been a, it hasn't been an ideal couple of days, mate. It's been really strange. Um, bit late because you should speak about the match and stuff. Because massive Newcastle supporter and stuff, and it was just yeah, he's in the comments like, a lot. He was in the comments. Yeah, all yeah, time. he was. I used to be he used to chat with us a lot on online and stuff and obviously I used to in person a lot but yeah but just, just it proper hit us hard man um so I can only apologize to those who who were or avid listeners of the podcast and were kind of wondering where the first one was of the season like because I know the team shit and stuff but I know there's a there's there's a few years that really enjoy the podcast and listen and enjoy listening to what we've, we've got to say and stuff and we really appreciate that like people like you that keep even when I feel like I was just going to say the same shit again this week, even if like the podcast feels like it's the same run through the emotions kind of thing, like with uh, the way in terms of the way it's run under Steve Bruce and stuff like that. Even even when I felt like that at times, it's it's been worth kind of still expressing my opinion, getting the podcast out for you people, and I feel like as people who like socialize with one on a daily basis through the through the Facebook page and through Twitter. I feel like I owe just that just to tell you what's been going on and why kinda I wasn't available for the first week. Uh, normal service will be resumed though. And I can only apologise, but yeah, a lot of shit was going on last week and I kinda wasn't in a headspace. But normal headspace will be uh, resumed. But just a tribute Martin, big Newcastle fan. Um I loved him to death when I was f- fucking devastated. I've lost him, mate. Uh, you were good friends for him as well, but... Uh, yeah, just, we're uh, always... Chewing uh, yeah. the fact about uh, the struggles and the the players and the transfers and trying to add, answer like questions and make sense of it all, but he was absolutely massive, massive Newcastle supporter and a massive, massive part of the page, mate. So he's going to yeah, be he was. a huge, huge miss. He is. He is going to be a huge miss, mate. Uh, personally, and from a from a football yeah. side, absolute, absolute, absolute gent, man. Honestly, absolutely fucking devastated. But yeah, it's. Um, I just want to end on saying, rest in peace, mate. And obviously, hopefully Newcastle can get can get a win for you next week. And uh, yeah, fly high, mate. Fly high. But that's what I want to end the podcast on. We'll love you yeah. and leave. His normal service service resume from next week. And uh, yeah, catch us in a bit, everyone. See you next week. Yeah, too.